Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami, you've got style. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2019. Welcome. Should I do a serious for the first time in the history of this podcast? Welcome. To Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am writer-comedian H. Allen Scott. I still fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talked about it, but we're never doing it again! Don't start getting because emotional Because there are yet. no more episodes to watch! <laughs> don't start getting, don't start getting there emotional There are no on more me. episodes to watch! I'm fine. I know. I'm fine. We just finished watching... Season 7. Episode 26, One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest, Part 2, oh. which aired the same night as Part 1, May 9th, 1992, was, was watched by 27.2 million people. Almost, what, 30, almost 30 years ago, a few years shy of 30 years ago, to this date of the recording. Yeah. Because it's, what, May 20-something right now? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Can't believe that that's going to be the last time we do that intro. I know. Like that. I mean, like we said previously, this isn't the end of the podcast, guys. And I said at the end of the last podcast that you need to, you know, don't like oftentimes I know I do it too. some people stop listening when we start the golden takeaway. But this time don't because it's our last golden takeaway and we have a little thing after that. So like just stay with us for the entirety of this episode because I guarantee you it's going to be a good one. Um and, and emotional. Carrie, you'll always be my sister. Always. I know. I can't even. This is a roll. This has been a roller coaster. Roller coaster. This has been a roller coaster. Emotions and life and love and everything. It's kind of amazing. I love it. Should we should we dive into the episode? How do you feel? I feel like I feel accomplished. Me too, actually. Because oftentimes people do podcasts that have, like when Carrie and I sat down in, um, I think, July or August of 2014, right after my birthday, and we, I didn't know Carrie really mm -hmm. at all. And I had, I had avoided doing podcasts for a long time. They had been a, a thing for a while, actually. And I had avoided doing them because I, I didn't, I hated podcasts that had no point. Do you know what I mean? 
Like, I find a lot of podcasts, some podcasts have no intention behind them. They just, they think it's very much a vanity project and people just talk and comedians and blah, 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 and there's no point to it. It's like every episode's an episode of Seinfeld. No, I needed a podcast that had a point and had to do something that I cared about, and Golden Girls was that. And I do feel accomplished in that we set out to talk about every episode of the Golden Girls, and we fucking did it. Yeah. We've talked about every, every episode, episode of, of the, the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. All, what, 100 and... 180, 80, I think. Yeah, yeah, 180. And literally, I remember four years ago, Carrie was like, we're going to be doing this for four years. Like, it was like a long project. But now, it really doesn't feel like that long. No, it feels like it flew by. And some people, I mean, what I love is that a lot of people are just discovering the podcast. And what I love about us is that we each have our individual careers and things that we're doing. You know, I have my movie and Sadie Pines and you have your shows you're writing on and everything and as people discover us they're going to discover this and if anyone likes us they like the Golden Girls yeah I don't know anyone who likes me who doesn't like the Golden Girls and if you don't like the Golden Girls and you like me you need to start liking the Golden Girls I agree I agree (sighs) yeah it's so crazy. It feels like it's so weird because it feels like only yesterday you and I were sitting in a coffee shop trying to come up with a name for the podcast. And yet mm-hmm. it feels like I've known you for a thousand years. I know you came up with the name, I think. I think so, too. Yeah, because I'm horrible at naming things. I wish I had the like piece of paper that had all mm-hmm. the pitches because yeah. I guarantee I came with like 10 ideas. Oh, yeah, you definitely did. And I came with like this better not be a shit show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I literally w- w- like rolled up. But we, we met at some coffee shop in West Hollywood, which is so rare for me because like I don't go to West Hollywood. And I was like this. I'm not I, I don't want this to be a shitty podcast of just talking about the Golden Girls every episode with no point, like, whatever. I loved it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're accomplished. We did something. We created a community. We created friendships with people that, that have become very important to us, you know? We have we have special... I mean, Elliot's always been a friend, but we met Alaska through this. We mm-hmm. met so many amazing people, amazing fans. We met people who've worked on the Golden Girls, and to all of you listening, and to everyone who's ever been a guest on the podcast, even the shitty ones who didn't like the Golden Girls, thank you. We appreciate you. Yes. We thank, thank you, you so much. much. Okay, let's get in the episode. <laughs> All right. So we left off with uh, Dorothy and Lucas getting engaged for real, for real. For real, for real. And now it is two months later. Two months later. And Dorothy is wearing a black piece of fabric with shiny dangling things all over I like to think that it's because she's already mourning the fact that she's leaving the show and leaving her girls behind. Nah, 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 nah. Sorry. I mean, I hate to be like, the only person that's happy about this show ending is B. Arthur. Well, I mean, by happy, I think, like, I'm sure it was very bittersweet for her. Mm-hmm. You can tell clearly she was very emotional. It was still something that was very difficult for her, I think. I think so, yeah. I mean, she was, it was emotional because it was such, I think one of the things that B. Arthur was so amazing about is that she knew her place in history. She was iconic. Mm-hmm. And I think they left this show knowing how important the show was. Oh, absolutely. The show was huge when it was on the air. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the final episode had massive ratings, and the, it consistently, the last few minutes of the final episode, consistently rate in the top, like, last episodes of a TV show ever because it's such an iconic moment of Dorothy running in and out. I mean, uh, it's such a memorable yeah. moment, and it's not typical to, like, the... 
Mary Tyler Moore's last episode that set the standard for the last episode of a comedy show. Right. Where essentially you turn off the lights and boom, your thing's over. It happened on Cheers. It happened on The Cosby Show. Right. Whereas on The Golden Girls, it was literally like the character just left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a funny way. Yeah. Great. In a in a heartfelt and humorous yeah. way. And no lights were turned out. No lights were turned out. Thank God. Um, so the wedding is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so two months have gone by and they're still engaged, which is a good sign, which means that <laughs> it's like... It's all working out. It's all working out so far. Yeah. Um, and they're madly in love. They're smooching, smoochy Gucci. And the sex is so good, they named it. Whoa. Oh, uh, Somebody just went by Someone outside was like, I gotta go get me some dick. Yeah, they're like, what they name it? Um, Freddie really, Peterson. Can we? Okay, <laughs> Freddie Peterson. It's a stupid name for sex. What do you and Stan call sex? We don't it's sex. I want to. <laughs> so wait, no, no, no. I want to go back to Freddie Peterson. Peter, I kind of get because uh, you know a nickname for a, a penis. penis is Peter. Penis. Freddie Peterson. It sounds like the name of the guy who does your taxes. Like, what was that conversation like? Mm. The conversation was like, let's think of something ironic that we could name sex. Like, you know how, like, when you give a pet a, a, a name that's, like, a real person's name, like Joe or Sally? Like, it's like, mm, look, we're different. We're ironic. We're but, not going to call our pet hamburger. Yeah, maybe that was the – I'm just trying to think of, like, what does that look like, right? They've just had, She's like, that sex was so good, we should name it. And then he turns to her and goes, how about we call it Freddie Peterson? And then they share a laugh? Is that what that moment was like? What if it's like how I named Frasier in that, like, I was struggling with what to call Frasier after I got rid of his sister because she was a bitch. And I, he was walking across the television and I was watching Frasier. And Frasier was looking up at Kelsey Grammer like, I'm confused that you're a Republican, but I'm also fascinated by how entertaining your television program is. And so I named him Frasier. Wasn't the girl's cat named Roseanne? Yes. Yeah. Well, well initially they were I Roseanne think we know and why Dan. It didn't work out. Yeah, exactly. But she didn't like boys. That's why. And they said that they were a bonded pair, but they weren't. Mm. She was just needy on Fraser, and Fraser's his own bitch. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> Lucas and Dorothy are still doing the bumpity bump. Um, there's also a great line from Dorothy that I had been waiting to hear. And I was like, oh, wow, I couldn't believe it. It actually, it happens in the finale where Sophia is joking. Lucas leaves and Sophia is joking. She's like, oh, I think he might actually show up at the wedding tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy says, you're a furry little gnome and we feed you too much. It's such a good line. It's such a good one. But I was waiting for that one. Sophia, before that, Sophia has been taking pictures of Dorothy and Lucas kissing because she does love watching these two kids She's kiss. She's taking all these Polaroids. And it's weird. It's almost like she can't believe it's happening. So she's taking pictures to document yeah. for proof. Yeah. You know, because she's still like, how did Dorothy do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Blanche and Rose come into the room and they're kind of talking about how it's their last night together. And, and Dorothy really kind of. Yeah, Dorothy's like, nope, I, I don't want this to feel like a goodbye. Now, this isn't set up in this episode, but in the last episode, um, Rose is going to move in with her daughter, Kirsten, Kirsten, and Sophia is going to go live with Dorothy and Lucas. And they don't say that, uh, probably because it all aired on the same night, so there's no explanation Mm -hmm. for that. But it was, to us, a little jarring when we were like, 
Oh, Rose is still moving yeah, out. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. We thought I, maybe they settled that over the two months. Yeah, I I still don't understand why Rose thinks that because they could just get Debbie Reynolds to move back in. Oh my God, yes. That's what they were gonna. Also, that's what they were gonna do last time. Dorothy was gonna get married and move out. They waited until the night before to essentially decide for Rose not to move, which means that over the two months, Kirsten was probably getting I her place know. ready for her mother to move, and now she has to tell her daughter literally. Months after Dorothy and Lucas have pulled this quote unquote prank on Blanche. It's irresponsible. It's really, I mean, it's really spider webbing out the damage. Yeah, because you have Kirsten who's probably, you know, telling little Charlie that grandma's coming to live with us. Now she has to be like, no, JK, LOL. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like she was probably prepping a guest room or like what if she, what if she did a renovation and got the garage ready? You know what I mean? We don't know what kind of money Kirsten dropped. Well, we know she didn't inherit it from. From her father because her father was a horrible businessman. Well, no, he wasn't. It was his buddy, but right? No, no he was he a was bad a, businessman. I'm sorry, I'm thinking, of Sal. I'm thinking of Sal. Rose was like, he was a loving father and a wonderful husband, but he was a horrible businessman. Yeah. Because he was. He was bad with money. He never, he never always let people out and loan money out. Yeah. So, um, so Rose and uh, Blanche are out on the Lanai plug. Plug! And oh, it's our last plug! Oh, this is going to happen a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. How much money do you want to bet? Who do you think is going to cry first at the end of the podcast? I won't cry. You won't cry? No, I know I won't cry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm the Dorothy here. No, I, I don't. I mean, I might. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a huge crier. Okay. Yeah, Michael's going to say, I'm just sneezing. I have allergies. Mm. I have allergies. Are you going to cry? Maybe. Frazier's like loving up on me today. Like he knows. Frazier knows. Frazier knows. knows. Um, So Rose is still sad that Dorothy won't let her say goodbye. And um, her and Blanche are hugging. Again, selfish of Dorothy. Yes. And her and Blanche are hugging. And Sophia comes out and takes a Polaroid of the two of them hugging and then goes, what is this, Wimbledon? Lesbian joke. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I mean, not not very classy. But, you know, it was 1992. Yeah, it was 1992. Yeah. Um, but they're both having this moment of, like, they really want to... They really want to say goodbye to each other. And Blanche is all like, well, Dorothy's not here. There's a really funny bit where they play up on Dorothy being threatening and mean. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, Dorothy's not here. What can she do? Can she hurt us? Can she ruin our lives? Whatever, blah, 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 Threaten blah, blah. And, and then Rose is like, she can do all those things. Yeah, it's so great. But yeah, so they sit down. They have a conversation. And... And and Rose is just saying, like, you know, you don't need me. Like, I'm going to be a burden here. And Again, like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. get it. I yeah, don't get it. Don't they're, both, get it. they're both single women who th- nothing would change in their lives. It would just be one person would be gone. Yeah, I think they could have just, it could have just been that Sophia and Dorothy are leaving and that's it. And that maybe they have to find new roommates and that's what they're stressed about. But, but it's but- not like they even have to find new roommates because Dorothy owns part of the house that... Eventually, Sophia is going to live in with them. So really, so Dorothy's the one who now is inherit, now is married into money. Like she can afford to pay her share of the the yeah, mortgage. You're right. Like let him live. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so, so then Blanche convinces Rose that she should stay, which is great. 
And they very excitedly go back in the house. And then Sophia looks at the Polaroid. The Polaroid with the bad technology. And she tears up and she says, goodbye, my girls. And she puts it on the table. That made me feel really, really sad. But Sophia does break my heart. I do think it's important, though, because, again, because the show, they knew that they were going to be doing the Golden Palace and they knew that they needed Sophia. So I, I do think that the most realistic um, way and most believable way to keep Sophia there with the girls is the way that they played it, which is that, mm. you know, Sophia is like, these girls need me and she wants Dorothy to go out and, you know, and live and, and be happy. I and think it would have been a smart promotional tool to have Sophia leave and then leave people wondering, like, is she going to be on this new series or not? Or how are they going to work this out? It would get people to watch the new series. Maybe, but then you'd still have to explain why she came back. Yeah. She decided she needed to live she needed to live that Miami lifestyle and the South wasn't for her, or at least that part of the South wasn't for her. Mm. You know? Yeah, but I think it would have made more sense promotionally for them to say that they've yeah, got I three guess. out of the four golden girls. I guess. On CBS. Um <laughs> so after that moment, yeah. we go to an on location scene outside of the Gower Studios. In the limo. Not outside the Gower Studios, actually. No, but I mean like outside of the stages. They're yeah. no longer at Gower Studios. They, they're they're they, out on the streets. I believe it looks like they're in Beverly Hills because the sign when when they're driving the limo and they park, you see the backdrop of um, there's this area in Beverly Hills that where 8th Street is and it has like all these businesses. But they're not like skyscrapers. They're just like weird square medical offices, buildings, mm-hmm. part of Cedar sinai And I think they're in and around Cedar sinai over there. Wow. Yeah. You should find that location. Uh, I only know that because that's where, like, I got the cancer diagnosis. So I try to avoid that area that of makes LA. That sense. Sorry but I used to, to bring it up. I used to park in that neighborhood. That makes sense. Because it's free parking and I'm cheap. Um, you can immediately tell. I mean, you can obviously tell that they're. Um, shooting inside a real limo on a street the yeah. like the limo lights in the inside are like fluorescent it's just very jarring yeah you strange. know you have camera people who don't have a lot of room to move around so all the shots I are wonder, really really tight i wonder why they did that i don't know i they think probably couldn't front the out the exterior location that that they you know they didn't have the screen i don't know i don't know it's strange yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. But I do love, I mean, I've always said, I love Stanley. I think even though he was a dick to Dorothy in many ways, and he was selfish and arrogant and I would dare to say abusing in some cases, like emotionally abusing, I still love the relationship that Dorothy and Stan have. Yeah. There's er, love there. Yeah. There's er, deep love. It reminds me a lot of my parents who aren't together, but they're still friends, where, like, yeah, there is a very deep love there. Yeah. And a... Uh, um, and appreciation for each other. And exactly. What, and what each other did, good and bad, for each other's lives. Exactly. Like, yeah. Dorothy is the woman she is because Stan loved her and stopped loving her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, I and think, she forgave him. I think Dorothy recognizes that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really sweet of him to surprise her with this limo ride to the wedding. Um, I can't believe we've been talking about this scene for three minutes and we have not mentioned, I believe, what Elliot Glazer uh, nicknamed the toilet paper dress. 
Oh yeah, the toilet paper wedding dress. It's very controversial. I now, guys, it is. I I have said it's a bad dress before, and and it is not a great dress. I'll say that. But that said, I still like it because not only is it an iconic dress within wedding dresses on television history, it is so memorable, memorably part of the Golden Girls sort of brand that. I love it for that reason. Like, if you were doing, if you were going to Comic Con and you wore that dress, I would die. I would freak out if I saw you. I would freak out if I saw someone wearing that dress because it is such a meta, awesome reference to the Golden Girls. I hate it. What do you hate about it? Do you just hate the toilet paper rolls? I. I, I, I don't like it. I think the dress that she was wearing when she was going to marry Stanley again, I thought was way more beautiful. I also thought it was way more Dorothy because it's that classic. outfit was it's more boring though. That it's one boring. was like a cream suit. This one, this one is see-through. Like, it has built-in pearls around the toilet paper rolls. It is flowy. It is shapeless, which is very daring. It is long, has a long, long, long train. Michael, you're a fashion designer. What did you think about the dress? He said no. Why? Where's her face? Where's her face? You can't see her face beneath that veil. She's wearing a veil. She can't see her face because she has a veil on. I didn't Michael, like what you, it. Michael, what don't you like about it? Expert opinion. She already has big shoulders. She has big shoulders. And yeah. it emphasizes her big shoulders. Yeah, Michael says it emphasizes her big shoulders. That's not the point. You know what? I have always marched to the beat them of with my an own unnecessary drum. Unnecessary application of material is what he says. I also agree. I'm looking at a and photo I'm of it. I'm fine with being the only it's one. It's got loving this, this beautiful. It's got this beautiful lace that goes up to the neck, down the sleeves, into that, into the lace. But then all of a sudden, it's cut by this jarring, like. Like wrote like wrote what's it called rotini? What am I thinking of? The two pasta like of these rolls of white and it's like satin. It is. It's like two styles of dresses. Thank you, Michael. And it's just it it, it basically it is contradicting the delicacy and the nuance of this beautiful lace and you can see your flesh beneath it and then all of a sudden it's just like you went rah, rah, with like a truck and you just drove over it and left muddy tires and then planted mud plants that grew up and there's more mud on the muddy tires Michael, the what were you going to say? I think they were trying to do like a gentleman prefer blondes lace top moment uh-huh. that Marilyn wears yeah. but they wanted to make it slightly different and they added this crap because it really looks so bad. You guys, I don't Michael's care. Michael's a professional. Michael is a professional. He knows what he's talking there's about. There's a reason why I do not dress Sadie. I have no say in what I wear as Sadie Pines. And Michael is the only one who has say in what I wear as Sadie Pines. That said, if you wore this outfit to anything that I'm involved in, I would bring you on stage and I would say, this person is iconic. You do realize that right now I am two for two. On what? What are you talking about? On fights that we've had on the podcast that have to be decided by a third party in the room. The first one was whether or not George Clooney was trying to seduce Blanche she, and whether, he whether, wasn't. Bla whether Blanche, Blanche was trying wasn't. to seduce him. You were wrong on that. That and has been proven time and time again by listeners. You I are said wrong yes, on that. You said no. And our guest, Satya Baba, 
He said he agreed with me. Who is not a fan of the Golden Girls? That's why we stopped having guests like Satya Baba. I think so. He is a friend of yours. How dare you say his I, name like that? I can say anything I want about him because he's my friend. He does not give a fuck about the Golden Girls I the way we does. do. I think he does. I think he does. I'm protesting. He came, and guys, to your, he came to your bar mitzvah. He did. He's come to everything. I don't. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't care. <laughs> I'm banning myself. Um, and if I'm you, fine. If you want to play a really fun drinking game um, during this episode, you can take a drink every time Dorothy says the word driver. <laughs> <laughs> driver, driver, you're headed for the expressway. Driver. Driver, stop. Driver, stop. Driver, I said stop. Stop. Driver, who driver. the hell do you think you are, driver? Driver. <laughs> I was like. Wouldn't it be funny if Mini Driver turned God. around? Oh, my God. <laughs> She just goes, what? From Circle of Friends, though. <laughs> From Circle of Friends. She's all, she's all supposed, she's quote unquote fat. She wasn't fat in that no. movie, guys. But oh, I love Mini Driver. Yeah. Anyway, oh, Stan, Stan gives a really sweet yet odd metaphor about a hair on the front of his head and that hair represents everything he hates or whatever because it was like part of their life and and he's the hair and Dorothy's his big bald head yeah and then Dorothy's like you know I have to thank you I've forgiven you like you're important like blah 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 and then she pulls the hair and that really should have been the end of the scene and it was I love <laughs> that Stan like wore gray like driving gloves I love it I thought that was a really, really sweet detail. I want to know like where how because you have to be licensed to drive a limo. Like you have a special license like a chauffeur license that you have to have to drive a limo. At least in California I'm sure it's the same in Florida. So I wonder how he got around doing that. I wonder how he found out she was getting married. Do you think like Oh, I think that's easy. Kids, I think that was easy. The yeah. kids, right? Either the kids or one of the girls. Like I think that was easy. Maybe even Sophia tipped him off because Sophia Maybe maybe him getting the special license was part of the gift. That takes a long time though, I think. I don't know. I'm not a chauffeur license. I don't leave my apartment, so I can't answer that. But um, I do think it's very sweet. Yeah, and it feels, this conversation between them feels really real of mm-hmm. like two exes kind of talking to each other where she says she says to him, when I sleep with Lucas, I'm not alone. There's a phantom of you there. And she says how with Lucas, there's like a phantom of his past, you know, ugh, lovers? I don't know. The irony of this series, I think, is Dorothy was always seen as the single, lonely, like, pathetically always alone person when in reality the most consistent presence of love is from Dorothy. Stan has always been around. She he she's always had love interests for the most part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Stan. She I think got married more than any other girls on the show. Or at least tried to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean if you think about it, Dorothy had more action than anybody else. Although that we saw Blanche was married to George and then Blanche almost got married to Harry in the pilot. And then Blanche, Mary, almost Harry, got, Mary, Harry. And then Blanche almost got married to the rich guy on the jet. That's so I think true. they're tied. Wait, isn't that the same guy? Isn't that Harry? No, no. That, that was the Jules person. You're right. He had the kids. He was the old guy with the kids. Ugh. 
That's right. Whatever. So then Stanley gets her to the wedding, gets her to the chapel, and she walks in, and there's this voiceover moment. Um, There's a lot of voiceover. It was a a choice. It was very interesting. I like it. I think it it worked. Because they threw in... It's like by adding it. So like the voiceover is door all of them. It's all, all of them, their inner thoughts. All their inner thoughts. They're all really funny inner thoughts. You go from Dorothy being surprised that she's I doing this. I can't believe it. They're standing for me. I know. She always wants to be center of attention, which is really funny. And then Sophia's talking about her daughter getting married. And then it cuts to Blanche. Blanche being like, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I wonder what this nitwit next to me is thinking. Oh, wait. Before that. You forgot the part where Blanche admits that she once was watching Dorothy oh, yeah. have sex. I mean... I've never seen Dorothy so happy. Okay, there was that one time, but she didn't know I was watching. Blanche, you naughty girl. I think that's really great. I would if I was her. Um, and then Blanche is like, I wonder what Rose is thinking. Or Rose is like, hi ho, the dairy the, the farmer in the dell. But you know what? Sometimes that's what I'm doing. I'm just li- like Are you singing. really? Sometimes when I am bored and somebody's talking to me and I'm blah, I'll just, yeah, I'll sing songs in my head. Also, nobody was talking. She was just coming down the aisle. If she has a song in her head, like... I mean, Sometimes I'm all about it. Can't get it. I definitely don't go that route, though. And then, well, what I like to imagine, by the way, is that is that uh, Rose, um, that Blanche gave Rose basically like a children's toy to play with in the car ride on the way over, <laughs> and that's why she has it stuck in her head because it was one of those little things with like the farm animal yes, sounds, and then yes. it, it plays Farmer in the Dell. I love it. Um, and then uh, Dorothy's like, I wonder if he can hear me now. And then this is the funny part to me is that, yeah, using a voiceover is a cheesy sort of tactic. It's fairly easy. It's like, it's a strange thing to do. And I think that they made this choice and they made the choice to like have him react to it in this way to be like kind of breaking the fourth wall, being like, we know this is a weird thing we're doing, guys. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy's like, I wonder if he can hear me. And he's like, I can, Dorothy. And she's like shocked by it. Yeah. And it's such a funny, weird, like dumb moment, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're telepathic. But they don't. I thought sweet. they were going to stop the voice over there, but they don't. They keep it going. Nope. It keeps going. Yeah. Um, so even the priest, the I priest know. gets a voiceover. Who, um, so Earl Bowen, who plays the Reverend, um, he's the same actor who played Father Salerno, who officiated the funeral for Phil in a season really six. Offensive funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do love. There is a lot of self awareness from Dorothy in this episode. Like at the beginning, she's telling Lucas. I know that I wouldn't be ready to love you if it wasn't for my mother and Rose and Blanche. Mm -hmm. And now when she's standing up at the altar, she was like, you know, Dorothy Spornak has finally conquered her desperation. I am no longer a desperate woman. I am, I am truly, truly in love. I'm not doing this because I'm desperate. And then, uh, and this is all the VO. And then the, um, the Reverend goes, Dorothy, do you? And she goes, I do. (laughs) and everyone starts laughing and then uh, lucas is like what the hell i do too yeah i really wish i know that again we we this is dorothy and lucas's wedding but i kind of wished that they had done a callback to um i do vow to yeah yeah that would have been great and then i think the thing that got the biggest laugh yeah was when um the reverend goes repeat after me with this with this ring i thee wed with this ring, I thee wed. Rose does it though. Oh yes, yes. And I got a big laugh. Yeah, that got a big. I mean, it's it's just it's just just a smart, funny show, and like 
two of the primary players in in writing this episode, Tracy Gamble and Mark Sotkin, both past guests on this podcast. And Mitchell Hurwitz wrote the second half. And Mark um, Cherry also wrote the first episode or the second episode? I forget. Uh, Mitchell Hurwitz wrote the second episode. I don't know if Mark Cherry wrote. I think Mark Cherry. I think I saw his name on the first one. Um, But yeah, no, it's such a smart, funny perfect ending to this episode it's just it's just great on Mm -hmm. many levels uh so they get married yeah do you i noticed i was very surprised to hear because i feel like i don't hear it at weddings these days or maybe even on tv shows anymore but the whole like if anyone has an objection Mm -hmm. part at the end of the wedding before you pronounce people husband and wife or whatever it's that's weird isn't it i yeah there must be the origin of that, I'm sure, like a legal origin of, you know, probably it probably dates back to women being property and someone claiming that they're her that they're that she's their property. I I, I guarantee you, it probably yeah. dates back to something really gross like that. Uh, but yeah, no, it is. It's very strange. But like in a contemporary, do, do people still even do it? I don't think they. do. I don't think I've heard it at any weddings. I just heard it here, and I was like, "Whoa, that was kind of." I mean, it's jarring. kind of become a funny thing to do in television and film because it is a weird, funny thing. Yeah, but I just—it's really funny because if if I were getting married, which I am in like a week, but if I'm there and somebody's like, by the time this airs, you will be married. I will be married. I will be a married woman, and I will not wear toilet paper on my dress, but. If I were, when I'm getting <laughs> Maybe married, under your armpits. when I'm getting married, if anybody were like, yeah, I don't think you, I object. I don't think you should get married. I'd be like, fuck you, sit down. Well, that's why I'm not going to your wedding. Right. So I can't stand up and be like, I object. But you don't object. I don't. I also, we're him. doing a courthouse thing. We're not having a wedding. You know yeah, that. I love and you him. were invited. I was invited. I Guys, can't. he can't go. I, it's not that I can't. It's, there's, no. it's, 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 it's totally it's fine. It's on a Tuesday in Santa Barbara during the day. Who plans a wedding then? Um, but <laughs> I guess the idea of even opening the floor to someone yeah. who might want to object, it's like it doesn't matter if anyone objects. But they did cut to Stan. <laughs> well, and, and intentionally, because he is such a pivotal part of Dorothy's story and the show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really, really glad that he was in the episode. Same. It wouldn't have been the same without is him. Is there anybody else that you you would have liked to have seen? Appear? No. I mean, that church was empty. I wish that they had just filled it with all the characters we've met over the years. Who cares? Pay him a day rate. It's the no, finale. No. I mean, I don't think so. I think they did a really smart thing by keeping the cast very tight. And not having a lot of extra characters involved in the story. I guess. Because, like... This, You're telling me you wouldn't want to see Michael with a mustache one more time? I would love to see that on a personal level. But in a storytelling level, I think all I want out of this episode is these four women and why they're perfect. Mm, yeah, I, I don't want. Right. I don't want anybody, any other character, like... Fucking it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And it was perfect. You had to have Lucas there because he was the catalyst. And you had to have Stan there because outside of the four women, the most consistent character on this show is him. And it, he's a he's the fifth golden girl. He really is. And I think even B. Arthur said that in some interview somewhere I saw once, that how how shockingly good he was as an actor in yeah. this role and how how at first he was just sort of a, a, a character that would come in and leave, you know, but he became such an indelible part of the series. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a, God bless him. Yeah. He was great. Herb yeah. Edelman. Yeah. Um, 
so, uh, so yeah, so they get married and then, um, back home, Sophia is kind of packing up her stuff to go live with Dorothy. And then, well, she... no, she, she walks into Dorothy's room who's mm-hmm. packing up oh, right, to right. tell Dorothy that she's not going to go, mm-hmm. which I think is a good, I mean, it's a self-aware thing. And, and this, and it's big for Sophia because Sophia is giving up a lifestyle of comfort. Mm-hmm. She's going to be able to move to a mansion probably. And live her out her final days in comfort, being taken care of by probably a maid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then but- a year later, Blanche forces <laughs> her into forced labor, you know, which is a different story <laughs> altogether. But yeah. Um, I also, I love Sophia's self-awareness where she says, like, she's like, you know, I don't want to get in the way, you know, especially you're you're going to be newly married. And she's like, yeah. I kind of feel like maybe I got in the way last time, even though, like, when she was married to Stan. And even when Dorothy's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, you know, it's just really, I don't know, it's really sweet for her to have considered that. But my favorite thing, probably my favorite thing that is said in this episode is that Sophia says to her, it's been my great privilege to be your friend as yeah. an adult. Which like, is, I mean... That's so sweet. And it's an ongoing thing between them that it isn't just mother-daughter. They are legitimately friends. Yeah. And it's such an important relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's super sweet. And I do think, like, out of all the cast members, if anybody had to have a special moment with Arthur, it had to have been Estelle Getty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's because uh, they could have done special moments with Blanche and Rose, and, like they could have done all of those individual moments. But by choosing to do only Sophia, it shows mm-hmm. how important that relationship was to establishing these four women. I mean, these yeah. though that relationship, the mother daughter relationship between uh, between Dorothy and Sophia, is so important to Blanche and. To Rose as well. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, it brought everyone together. It's, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant scene. Now, before we talk about the final scene, <gasps> I know. I can't. You, I can't. You said something really great when we were watching it, when we thought, oh, wait, should we maybe just play the final yeah, scene for because, everyone? Yeah, you know, and I know I'm not alone in this, um, but whenever I'm like you know, watching it on television, TV land, Hallmark, whatever logo. And whenever the final episode comes on, no matter where I'm at, I will stop what I'm doing. Just shut the fuck up and watch it. And I know that others are like that too, because people text me or tweet me or DM me saying the last episode's on and I'm watching it. And Mm. I thought of you, which is like the strangest thing in the world. Uh, And I love that my life has gotten to a place where people think of me when they watch the golden girls. (laughs) But um, it is one of those moments where you stop what you're doing and you just watch because it is perfect. Yeah. And I can't, I know like when, whenever we recap scenes, I love to like do the voices and, and quote the lines, but this is one where I'm like, I can't, can't do it justice a, but B yeah, you just, it's so emotional that you just need to hear it. So yeah, we're We're just going to shut the fuck up. We're going to shut the fuck up. And let them do their work. Well, well, yeah, I guess this is it. Right. Listen, Dorothy, you don't have to say anything. I mean, what can you say about seven years of fights and laughter, secrets, cheesecake? Just that uh, it's 
been very, um, it's been an experience that I'll always keep very close to my heart. And that these are memories that I'll wrap myself in when the world gets cold and I forget that there are people who are warm and loving and... We love you too. Oh, I'll miss you. You will always be a part of us. Your friendship was something I never expected at this point in my life, and I could never have asked for a better surprise. That's how we feel, too. I have to go. Dorothy, is this goodbye? I love you. Always. Oh, God, I love you. Lucas is waiting. Your angels, all of be my sisters. Always. you glad we shut the fuck up (laughs) oh god that scene the thing the thing that i love about it is that you really are getting those genuine emotions because not just because she's actually leaving the show but everything that dorothy spornak is saying b arthur is saying yeah to the women reminiscing saying goodbye Mm -hmm. it really is because it's b arthur leaving it's dorothy leaving it's it almost feels like we're watching those women say goodbye to each other in real life, like not just the characters, but the actors, too. And you know, what's hard for me and what's surprising to me is throughout the series, like I throughout doing this podcast, even I've I've come to respect um, Rue McClanahan as an actress more than I did initially before we started doing this podcast, because I do think she's probably the most talented actress on the show. Um and in watching the final scene, it was interesting that Blanche and Rose, 
to me, kind of kept it together and and ended the scene in a professional sort of actorly way. Whereas B. Arthur, who is probably, you know, the biggest star of them all, is a mess. Like, she's visibly a mess. Mm -hmm. She does not look together. She looks... Mm -hmm. And it was her doing. This is her doing, her ending this show. But yet she is visibly a mess in this scene. Mm -hmm. You see her crying. It might just be that she's a great actress and she can convey that emotion, but I do think it's genuine. No, I think she was genuinely feeling it. But more than all of them, Estelle Getty is a mess. Yeah. Her face is red. She is beat with tears. She, you can tell, because she's not turning. Like, when you watch her in the scene, she's staying directly on the door. She, there's very little movement with her, Mm -hmm. I think, because she can't look anywhere else. She's just a mess. And you see the shots of her, especially when they cut to the looking at the three women from sort of the front door angle. You see Estelle Getty's face, and it is just so raw with emotion. It's so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, in many ways, like, B. Arthur would have been fine without this show. She would have been a legend. Rue McClanahan would have been a great character actress. Betty White would have been a TV icon, won multiple Emmys before. Like, all of them were icons. It was Estelle Getty who was made a massive star from this show. Yeah. And, and, and I think all of that kind of hit her in that moment, that, that, that this is over. This moment is over. It's such a poignant, beautiful moment in her golden years. <laughs> See what I did there? Well, um, I'm curious to know what Elliot and Alaska think about. Yes. If the they have any thoughts and the, on the finale, on the, the finale of the podcast. Let's start with mm, Elliot Glazer. Hey, guys. It's Elliot. Uh, congratulations on the end of the podcast. I'm so impressed by and proud of you for getting to this point and really walking us through the culture of the Golden Girls and everything that comes with it. And I should say, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the season finale, the two-parter, is my favorite episode in the entire series next to Witness. Uh, but the, as Alan and Carrie both know, I tend to enjoy the later half of the Golden Girls when things get a little wackier, when the improv is a little heavier and you can feel a little bit of the narrative pushing toward, toward fiction, like when Sophia's like in heaven or whatever. But, um, with that being said, I absolutely love the finale. I think it is so funny. Um, and, uh, I, I, I just, I can't get over it. Leslie Nielsen is, Absolutely perfect, and um, Rue looks amazing. Her hair has never been bigger. Nothing is weirder than Sophia deciding to spend her final days with her roommates in Miami instead of her daughter, Uh, but okay. And, um, you know, for me, honestly, it's that last scene where B just keeps running into the into the house. The idea of it is so sweet uh, that they're sort of breaking the fourth wall by proving that this is a set, unless we're supposed to believe that B is like hopping fences or whatever to jump, you know, but with that all being said, it is, uh, it's just sweet. And, and, um, I love the tone of it. I think it's perfect. And I will say that I do cry every time I watch it. And ultimately, um, the fact that they ended on the three girls hugging and crying was a boldly sad move. Boldly sad, I would say. Um, Really uh, downbeat. But that's a testament to the show. They just catch you. They surprise you. And um, 
that was no different with this finale. So anyway, that's my thoughts. Thank you guys all for being a friend to me. And um, stay golden. But also, is Freddie Peterson the name of Leslie Nielsen's dick or their sex as a unit? I will cherish every moment that Elliot talked about B. Arthur and every moment that Elliot sang like B. Arthur on this show. <laughs> it's true. He's good. On this podcast. Let's find out what Miss Alaska Thunderfuck has to say. Oh my goodness, it is the last episode of Out on the Lanai, and I am just devastated. Just devastated. Devastated is the only word to describe how... Devastated I am Um, I am just uh, I'm just really um, Proud uh, To uh, have been a part Of this phenomenon And this journey with you Um, uh, And I'm really grateful for all the work That you've done And the years that you both have put Into this project and um it's gonna be out there forever and um it's going to inspire a lot of people and continue to do so into the future so um i'm really grateful to have gotten to be a part of this and so uh, thank you and uh your angels all of you you'll always be my sisters When the world gets cold, these are memories that I will wrap myself in to keep myself warm. Uh, Goodbye. I always thought that every... The Henny Penny episode is one of my favorites that we ever did. The four of us, yeah. The four of us. Um, I could listen to Alaska quote Blanche, oh my gosh, do um, Rose's mother... It's true. You know, Uh, at the beginning of this episode, you were like, are you going to cry? I'm not going to cry over, I wouldn't get emotional over the show or anything like that because it's, I feel like it's always this sort of touchstone that I can always come back to. But what I do love about the last 180 some episodes we've done of this podcast is um, the friendships, your friendship, of course, because you were new to my life. I didn't know you. I had known Elliot before and Elliot is like a brother to me. So like... He's always there. But you in Alaska, particularly, I didn't know you guys before yeah. the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls are the reason why we are friends. And I value you on so many levels. We'll get to that, though. But I, I do vow to. I do. <laughs> but I value um, my friendship with Alaska through this podcast because it was the Golden Girls that brought that friendship in. But now, in terms of just doing Sadie Pines and stuff, like... Alaska is so important to me as a colleague Mm -hmm. in some ways, just understanding like what I should be doing and how I should be doing things and how to be a professional and how maybe to lead my career and all of these things that like, I don't think I would have had if it hadn't been for this podcast. Yeah. So like that's emotional to me that that is something, the friendships that have been deepened and the new friendships are, Everything and as Dorothy says, you'll always be my sisters. <laughs> always. Um, I thought for today's episode for our golden takeaway, 
we could kind <sighs> of do a takeaway of like the last four years. Oh yeah. You know. Well, I've gained a lot of weight. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> Do you remember when we went and got your Golden Girls tattoo? I do. There's video of it. There's, uh-huh. There is a there's documented footage you guys can watch of me getting my Golden Girls tattoo. Um, I do remember that. Do you do you remember when um, I got to show it to Betty White on Jimmy Kimmel? I do remember when you got to show it to Betty White on Jimmy Kimmel. Moment. I was so incredibly jealous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you remember? Um, our live shows at Nerd Melt. I, man, yeah, I remember our live shows. I miss our live shows. There will be more of those in the future in different ways. They won't necessarily be a podcast recording, but they will be a Golden Girls live show, hopefully with Elliot in Alaska and maybe Sadie, and we'll do weird things. I have to say, one of my favorite memories from, I think it was the last live show that we did, was, um, uh, I forget, I think... I had said some like super, um, it was like a really meta quote or something from the show and a couple people like quoted it along with us or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the most, the most amazing thing about being in a room full of Golden Girls fans is that we all have like this almost secret language with each other. And I was like, I, I was like, what's so great is that you can literally say anything from an episode and every single person in that audience knows exactly what you're talking about and Mm -hmm. gets a reaction. And we all share in this very special thing that nobody outside of this room can appreciate. and, And people outside the podcast can really appreciate. And I remember I just looked into the audience and I just went, lesbian and like everybody (laughs) yelled lesbian back and i was like this is what i love it gives you the tingles because like it's such a strange world to live in it's it's just and it happens often it happens in my life often when people talk to me about the golden girls or get excited about something with the golden girls that we're able to speak in these and even just like when i'm watching television because i watch a lot of old tv and when i'm watching television like and I see guest stars that were on the Golden Girls, I get so excited for the dumbest people. Like, <laughs> people who shouldn't, I shouldn't be excited for. But, like, some random guy Blanche dated on an episode of the Golden Girls shows up on some show, and I'm like, oh, my God! Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, and I tweet about it, and then I realize the only people who care about this tweet are, like, you know, the thousands of people that we have listening to this podcast and online and everything, and, like, and I love that. I, love I do that. too. I. It's so niche. It's, it's so small, so but it's so perfect. It's so yeah. It's so great. I I saw Big Daddy on an episode of The Twilight Zone and immediately like tweeted it out, and I was like, I, this is only for Golden Girls fans. Yeah. And that's what's so great, and that's a big part of I think why we're gonna keep up the Facebook page and Twitter is because like I need to talk about Golden Girls with yeah. people, and you guys are all. You guys are our people. Yeah. You know? And, you know, as I said at the beginning of the episode, you would want to keep listening. And it's for this reason. Like, you know, like Carrie said, we're going to keep the Facebook and the Twitter pages up. And we're still going to keep talking about the Golden Girls. And we're still going to be planning different things. And it, this is not the necessarily the end of the podcast. It's just the end of us recapping episodes. Because there are no more episodes for us to recap. That said... There are constant Golden Girls things that happen in the universe. And sometimes they require 
our attention. Mm-hmm. And we will get together. We possibly will bring back the the dynamic foursome, if you will, of Elliot and Alaska in that mix and have a conversation about something related to the Golden Girls. There's a fucking Golden Girls cruise coming up. I Alaska know. just performed at a Golden Girls, like, fair thing in in Pennsylvania. Like, there's so... Or Wisconsin. I don't know where it was. But there's so many different things going on that sometimes we just have to speak about it and we will we will talk about it and we'll have like i said we'll have something we'll come up with a weird live show from time to time sadie will do something with golden girls like there's Mm -hmm. so many different avenues for this to keep going so i want to emphasis that this is not the end it is just the end of recapping (laughs) and i will say too to all of you guys listening, to anybody who's new, um, but especially to those who found us very, very early on, um, you know, we again, we knew this podcast was going to be a lot of hard work. But I, I four think years that, of hard work. But I think that if <laughs> if no if if nobody were listening, or if you know you guys weren't around to to you know send us messages and tell us how you listen to the podcast when you go running or when you're asleep, yeah. or if you bond with a friend of yours who loves the Golden Girls, like you guys make this so special for us. Or more so, there is something like I get a lot of messages from people who, you know, I've had a few messages of people who their their parents have recently died or they are dying and they listen to the podcast and it comforts them. I just got a message about that like yesterday. And it it's uh it's touching that I I, I want to say we're able to be there in those private moments that have such an impact on your life. But it's not about really Carrie and I. It's about a community of mm-hmm. Golden Girls exactly. fans who are able to be there. And we're just a catalyst for the conversation. And we hope that the conversation continues online and else- elsewhere. And And I think that what I love about this community so much is that it isn't... Sure, you and I are the figureheads, if you will, doing this podcast, but it really was never about us. It's about mm. everybody. And I think one of my favorite episodes of the podcast is um, the the episode that we did that had nothing to do with the Golden Girls. It was the Election Day episode right. after Trump got elected and how it showed a community of people coming together in a really emotional way, addressing something that impacted us all. And it would be something that the Golden Girls would probably address right. as well. And uh, and I just love the community that that we have created and will continue to create because this is not a traditional podcast. This is an archive of the Golden Girls from our perspective. And people will discover it. And if you have friends that love the Golden Girls or if you meet a new person that says they love the Golden Girls, tell them about the podcast so they can join this awesome community that will continue to grow in all kinds of different ways. That was really sweet. Thank you. I actually have emotions. I have a soul. (laughs) Well, my... (laughs) My other golden takeaway from this entire experience is that you and I did become friends. Aww. And I don't know what I would do if you weren't in my life. Aww. I love you very, very much. Aww. And if you weren't making those weird honking sounds, I might be tearing up more than I am right now. I have a strategy. But- <laughs> <laughs> You do not want emotions. No, I do want emotions. I'm okay with emotions. I am so grateful for our friendship. I'm so grateful for you being so 
strategic and business oriented in how you frame these episodes Relics, and how I feel you like it bugs you a lot of the time. No, I it doesn't. Like... It doesn't. One of us, one of us needs to have our shit together. And I've always known, like my dad once told me when I was my stepdad, when I was trying to understand, he was fixing something in the car and he is just so smart with cars and I have no idea about cars and I was trying to understand, but it wasn't working out very well. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, you're good at some things. Be good at those things. You don't need to be good at this. And I thought that with you in this podcast is that I'm not good at note taking. <laughs> I'm not good at keeping on track. I'm good at being funny and talking and using my personality. But beyond that, I've been fired from everything. <laughs> I, I have no success story you, in jobs. You are really good I at have... that. You are, you are really good at storytelling yeah uh every time you go off the rails and i gotta get you back on track i'm always very happy that you told whatever story you told most of the time you told some real weird stories yeah a lot of things with dead bodies and ants and stuff Uh, yeah that was that one time yeah 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 (laughs) um yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it wasn't so much. It was ants in the butt. I know butt that was thing. one. That was the one. I story. wasn't dead. It was. I was worried and about I ants know, getting know, in but my butt. There was the one about the doctor who had the dead woman. Oh, and then they made the and doll. The thing and the doll. But that's two separate things. Two the ants weren't involved stories. in that one, but there probably were ants in her body. And then but... there was the story about you in the bunk bed about murderers because you've always been fascinated with Oh, my little brother murderers. getting murderers. murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But didn't didn't actually get murdered. He didn't actually get murdered. But I thinking about it. I thought that I would be on the bottom bunk and I'd be safe. Yeah. 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 Because I could get away. Yeah. Be famous. Yeah. Real good stories. Yeah. I mean, real good stories. (laughs) You you know, putting all three of those together back to back does make it seem uncomfortable, but. Seems um, like you have some real fucked up stories. People who maybe are now listening. That's what makes me a great person. (laughs) I'm interesting and unique, and you are so special and organized. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yes. No, this has been so much fun. This is not the end of anything. Like we said, we're going to continue doing this. Oh, you're having such a Dorothy moment right now. You're like, this isn't goodbye. No, it isn't. It isn't goodbye. And um, I want to say you should follow us in the many endeavors that we have going on in our lives and the different things that will come. I mean, there's years of entertainment here, guys, um, and there's so much more to come. So make sure you're definitely following on uh, Facebook and Twitter and you can follow us. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything and Sadie Pines on everything and you... I am Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. I'm Squidzy on Instagram and the show that I write for Schooled is going to be coming back for a second season airing after the Goldbergs on ABC this fall. So I hope you guys will watch and... Season one, guys, in the first five seconds of that show, I got a Golden Girls reference and clip in it. Don't think I won't try to get another Golden Girls You're reference into this show. Do it. Now, one of the things that I loved about the live shows, my favorite moments in the live shows, sure, there was the moments with the language with the audience and the secret language and all that shit. But my real favorite moment is at the end of every live show, we always somehow teased a ridiculous version of us singing the theme song. And it's such a short theme song that I think we should probably end the recapping part of this podcast um, with the theme song, don't you think? I think that's a really good idea. And so, wherever you are, be it uh, in your car or at your office, in the doctor's office, no matter watching if it's, the show, The Office, pause it, but, but then re, but then put it back on because it's a really it's, good show. It's a really good show. Um, and I once didn't care about the show, but then I, redis- I discovered it, and then I tangent, cared about tangent, it. back sorry, on track. Sorry, um, even if you're not in a convenient place, 
I want you all to sing along with me right now. And I end, if you are singing along, I want you to film yourself singing along and post it on our Facebook. We're, you can post it on the comment section for, for this um, episode. And we want to see you singing along with us in un- uncomfortable locations. Um, are you guys ready? We're I'm ready. ready. Here we go. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Dun, dun, dun. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. F-R-I-E-N-D for Rand. Oh, that was so much fun, Carrie. That was great. And for, well, not the last time, but for the last time of recapping, I think um, it's important to tell everyone to remember, as always, stay stay golden. golden. Your angels, all of you. I can't go! Stay golden! (laughs) Stay golden! We love you guys. Thank you so much. This has been Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. We love you. Oh my God! Stay golden! Stay golden! Stay golden! Oh God! Okay, we're really going to go now. Hey y'all, I'm Ava. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of Gender Fluids. If you want to listen in to some irreverent and uncouth conversations about sex, gender, kinks, and fetishes, then this is a podcast for you. We have new episodes out every Wednesday, so go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. You can also follow us on our Instagram at genderfluidspodcast if you want a daily dose of dirty, dirty sex memes. This has been a hoo-ha-ha podcast.